It's time for episode 165 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November the 30th, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where clocks are on socks and there's a fox in a box. I'm Jason Snell, and across the world from me, my co-host, Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. That intro rocks, Jason, if I may say so. Thanks. I pulled out all the blocks. Anyway, this is Clockwise, where we talk about four technology topics in just 30 minutes with two wonderful guests to my left, returning one of Dan's and my and Lex's former colleagues at Macworld. It's Caitlin McGarry. Hello. Hi, guys. Uh, And to my left, his presence already spoiled by Jason's introduction. It's my co-host at The Rebound and the co-host of other podcasts, such as Turning This Car Around. It's Mr. Lex Friedman. Hi, Lex. Hi, everybody. It's great to be back. It's great to have you. Well, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's tolerable. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, since I introduced the show with uh, rhymes from Dr. Seuss, I will go first. Here's my topic. Um, we have just passed through the most, it's the most wonderful time of the year, everybody. And I'm not referring to the holiday season so much as I'm referring to the made up things that happen just after Thanksgiving, most notably Black Friday, where the most useless day in the American work calendar, because it's wedged right after Thanksgiving, but before a weekend is turned into an orgy of consumer spending. And my personal favorite, Cyber Monday, a day when cyber things happen. I'm curious, do you participate in these uh, strange, not-quite-holiday things that seem to happen right after Thanksgiving in the U.S.? Caitlin? Uh, Well, that... That description of Cyber Monday was was pretty terrifying. Um, (laughs) But, um, so, I am a bargain hunter. But I'm also really picky about what I buy. So, my strategy for Black Friday... Um, is to not shop in the store. That's just awful. Um, And uh, the same for Cyber Monday, obviously. Um, So I usually pick a couple of items that I want to buy, um, either for myself or someone else. And then I wait to see if they go on sale those days. So I'm not specifically looking for what's on sale Black Friday, but I already have an idea of what I want. So if it's on sale, then I'll buy it and get a discount. So that's great. And if not, I'll probably buy it anyway. Um, like a couple months ago, I picked out a pair of shoes to go with this bridesmaid dress that I have to wear. Um, but they were really expensive. So I was waiting to see if they would go on sale on Black Friday and they did. So I bought them. Um, but I won't buy something just because it's on sale because that would just make me crazy. Jason, um, I got to admit, uh, I feel a little awkward about this. Uh, I was sh- just sure right up until I read it in the show notes that it was Cyborg Monday. And that has led to a lot of really mm. unfortunate decisions on my part. So <laughs> just want to apologize to all my friends and family for that. Do you have a bionic <laughs> eye now or something? Is that what happened? Did you have sort of cyborg surgery I, 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 on Monday? I, I, I don't. I did not. But may, other people may have had that forced upon them. I, I just thought that's what we were supposed to do. I don't know. Um, like Caitlin, I, I like a good deal as much as the next person. Um, so I end up spending a lot of time um, trawling the uh, the folks at the Wirecutter do a great job of uh, consolidating a bunch of deals. So I end up trawling their Twitter feed to see if there's anything um, that looks particularly interesting. And usually I have a few ideas in mind, but I like scroll, you know flipping through them just to see if there's anything that's sort of serendipitous. Um, so I'm trying to think. This year I, I did buy one or two things. I bought a Google Home 
um, because I'd been planning on getting one anyways, and it was down like 50 bucks or something like that, and it seemed like a pretty good deal. Um, and I picked up a Sono, another Sonos Play 1 because that, that had a nice discount on it as well. Um, so I, I like, I like getting things for deals and every once in a while I'll buy like a, you know, like a video game or something if it's really discounted. Um, but I, I find that the deals are generally, you know, the wire cutter already says that, that some huge percentage of them are, are terrible as it is. And, and from there it's only an even smaller percentage that is an interesting in me to any way. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like to keep my eyes on it, but uh, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a form of rampant consumerism. Uh, I'm a fan of rampant consumerism. Um, like Dan, <laughs> I actually, I paid close attention to uh, the wire cutter deals uh, observations. Um, we ordered, I mean, I, I find it hilarious that there is still Cyber Monday. Like, I feel like Cyber Monday existed when uh, people didn't know how to shop online. And so that was the name that they gave when the few people who could handle it. I think it's literally the first time you got back to the internet after a weekend away because the <laughs> yes. premise is that people at work have the internet, but nowhere yes, else. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. I love the Black Friday deals typically start like the day before Thanksgiving. And then I think it's Cyber Monday week at Amazon right now. But I did all of my discount shopping exclusively on Amazon. Like I didn't look at any other online stores and I certainly didn't brave the outside world. I don't leave my house. But uh, I got an Amazon uh, Echo Dot. Is that what they're called? I got one of those. Uh, we, I used my existing Echo to order <laughs> uh, both that Dot and uh, a George Foreman grill, each of which were on special extra sales if you bought them through the Echo. And then right. you also got Amazon gift cards. So it was all very exciting. And I picked up um, – I, I used my wish list as a, a – to see if any of those things have significant price drops on any of those days and several things did so i got those and i bought my wife's uh hanukkah present and since she doesn't listen to clockwise i will tell you i finally got her a soda stream because the wire cutter said it was a really good deal that day so i got that uh you guys are basically in the same boat as me which is i i don't celebrate black friday i don't go shopping on friday it's uh i think it's all kind of dumb but there are deals, right? And so you get, want to keep an eye out as a smart consumer. And whether it's Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday or some other day, whatever, uh, there are there are deals that happen. And some of them, as the wire cutter will point out, you're absolutely right, are uh, are bad deals. But there are also good deals to be had. Sometimes, yes, Amazon makes you order through the lady in the canister instead of like a human using a phone or, or, or a web browser of some kind. It's fine. It's fine. You do what you have to do to get the deals that you want to get. But uh, yeah, for me, as much as I, I uh, uh, don't love it, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of rampant consumerism, but I'm a participant <laughs> in it. So what you going to do? <laughs> and uh, that's the end of my topic. Thank you for sharing. Caitlin, what do you have for us? Okay. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but in the weeks before and after the election, I just could not stop checking every social media feed. I was obsessed. I was afraid that I would like miss some major breaking news. Like, what did he tweet? Like, what's happening? Um, so when I went home uh, for Thanksgiving, I took like six days off work and I decided to delete the Twitter app from my phone and just detox, just avoid everything. And I've never done that before. Um, so I was wondering if you guys ever take breaks from social media um, or if you set rules for yourself in terms of how often you check it. 
You know, I used to be a completist, but th this has been a weird experience for me because literally since the election, I have been away from the U.S. And having been in India for that time, I am on a totally different time schedule from everyone else. So when I'm awake during the day and like checking things, nothing is happening. Like the like you get maybe a few smatterings from some of the folks in like Europe or the UK, um, you know, throughout the night, I guess. But like for the vast majority of my day, nobody is saying anything. Um, so that's made it very odd in terms of keeping up with Twitter. Um, because then when I go to sleep, that's like the high point of the day back home. And so I end up getting up in the, the next morning. And sometimes I'll scroll back through the tweets from the previous night. But a lot of times I just like... I I just sort of like skip right to the end and sort of, you know, pick it up as it goes along. Um, so I guess I, I don't take I've never done like deleted my the app from my phone or anything like that. Um, but I, I definitely am not as complete as I used to be. I'm much more willing to declare Twitter bankruptcy and sort of skip around and dip in when I when I feel like it. Um, but I, I agree that it's just been especially since the election, it has been a lot uh uh, a lot more tempting to sort of declare bankruptcy and, and not go through and read every single tweet ever. And now Lex is going to tell us how he reads every single tweet ever. Uh, I Most of the time I read every tweet and I don't love it about myself. So I'm going to get real and personal. Like I, I think I have a problem in that I feel this need to read all the tweets. And I try to really whittle the list down of the number of accounts that I'm following. Um, and certainly if I, if we're traveling or if I'm at an all day meeting, I will often give up, but then I'll be at an all day meeting and then I have an hour and a half bus ride home and I'm like, Oh, maybe I can catch up during this bus ride home. And it's a sickness. Um, with Facebook, I mostly turn to Facebook for amusement. Um, I skip all the political stuff on Facebook unless I've posted it myself. And uh, my favorite thing to do on Facebook is to look at the uh, local residence group page for uh, people who live in my town uh, because every conversation devolves into a fight in the comment threads and I really get some <laughs> sick pleasure from that. Like, hey, what? anybody know what the traffic was on you know Route 9 today? Why do you complain about the traffic? Just live like every single thing becomes a fight and I love that. But with Twitter, I think I have a so you have a lot of problems then, Lex. <laughs> yes. With with Twitter, I the the way that I really know that I have a sickness um, is uh, if I catch up on the tweets on my phone and I put my phone in my pocket, like my next thought is, hey, why don't I take out my phone and see if I can catch up on the tweets? And like, that's not good. And I would like a cure and I don't have it. So it's a problem. Thanks for bringing it up, Caitlin. Now I feel even worse about myself. It's a problem. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I sometimes get in that same pattern where I like, I, I uh, close out of Twitterific and then I, I think, okay, what do I do now? Oh, well, let's check Twitter. Oh no, 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 no. I just did that. Um, thank goodness for Slack. Cause that gives me a second thing to check obsessively. That's great. <laughs> it's awesome. I, when I'm working, um, I work at my desk usually on an iMac. Uh, I will do the bold maneuver of quitting out of my Twitter app and quitting out of my Slack app and focusing on the work at hand. And that's useful. Um, and, and I don't have any notifications turned on for Twitter on my phone or my iPad. So if I'm not in the apps, I don't get bugged that there's something I need to read on Twitter. So that helps too. But yeah, some of it is just making that statement of like, I'm not going to do this. I gave up on Twitter completism a long time ago. There's just there's just too much there. I, 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 I do the scroll back and see what people are talking about and read up thread if I need to kind of approach to Twitter now because I just can't. There's too much. And to Dan's point, uh, yeah, the election led to 
uh, a change in the content and the, before the election and post-election, both a change in the content uh, and and sometimes the ugliness of Twitter that has made it less appealing for me. So some of it is about taking a kind of mental health break, not because I'm just addicted to Twitter and I love it, but because the stuff I read on Twitter is so uh, frustrating or depressing or scary that um, I appreciate people feeling the need to make themselves feel better by spreading it, but it doesn't make me feel better seeing it and sometimes you got to just step away so that's that's sort of been my approach yeah i think that was my problem like not only was i checking it obsessively but everything i was reading was just making me feel worse and worse about the world and all of humanity and i was like i have to break this cycle so i think it was helpful to delete the app and um I actually haven't reinstalled it but i I've, I've been using tweetdeck while i work so i'm trying to take a break from it after work and sort of let that be my my detox time. Um, and it's helping me a lot mentally, so I highly recommend it. All right, that's great. We have two topics down. We have two more topics to go. But first, I want to tell you about our halftime sponsor. Now, why am I talking about Clocks and Socks? That's because our favorite Sockwise sponsor has returned once again at the end of the year. Yes, this episode of Clockwise brought to you by Foot Cardigan. Listen, people. Do you want to be known as the best gift giver in the whole wide world? Yes. Have you ever wished that the sock fairy would pay you a visit? Yes. Good, good. Okay, next question. Do you want your feet to be the envy of everyone you know? Absolutely. And do you want awesome socks delivered to your mailbox? Yes. Well, you know, you only had to answer one of those questions, yes, for a foot cardigan to be for you. And you answered all of them. So that's like a bingo or a Yahtzee of socks, something like that. <laughs> Here's what foot cardigan is. It delivers fun socks every month right to your doorstep. They make sure your feet never have to be seen out in public again in plain, white, boring socks. And the best part, you don't even have to choose. You don't have the tyranny of choice. You get a surprise pair in the mail and surprises are the greatest. You know, I switched from the plain white socks to fun, stripy socks last year and uh, my feet have never been happier, and I have never been happier. S uh, fun socks are fun. Starting at just $9 a month, foot cardigan socks are a fantastic holiday, birthday, or any day gift. Or just treat your own feet to a subscription. There is no shame in making your feet feel happy. There are socks for men, for women, and kids, and plenty of different styles to choose from. So if you or someone you know are more of a uh, no-show kind of sock wearer, or maybe you want a little luxury sock in your life, Foot Cardigan's got your feet covered. Literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's what you do. Go to footcardigan.com now. You'll get 10% off your order with a coupon code KEEPWATCHING. One word. That's great. Once again, that's footcardigan.com. Enter promo code KEEPWATCHING at checkout for 10% off any subscription. Woo! Thank you, Foot Cardigan, for making everybody's feet happy and supporting Clockwise. All right. That is the end of our halftime sponsor. Maybe there'll be more Sockwise later. Who knows? Dan, what's, uh, what's your topic today? So AT&T just announced another streaming service, DirecTV, which is basically the largest of sort of the cord cutting services so far, um, which is to say it offers many, many different channels that you can get on your normal TV, but all over the internet via an app. Um, it's still chock full of restrictions. One of the most more Byzantine among them, you can't stream your local network affiliates if they're not owned by the networks themselves. It's very bizarre. How would you know? Um, so my question is, between that and some of the other restrictions we've seen from these cord-cutting type uh, streaming services, are we just reinventing a worse version of the cable companies? Lex, what do you think? 
these services uh, make me crazy. Um, I, I think that we're still figuring out how it's going to work. I think that this is part of what Apple is hoping to not solve maybe the pricing problem with, but at least solve the smattering of apps problem with, with their uh, TV app app. <laughs> um, but it's it's really frustrating because I there's lots of channels you want to watch and they're all packaged up in these different subscription packages and if you were to subscribe to all the packages you want at least if you were me it costs more than just having a cable subscription so i consider us in many ways a cord cutting family we've got streaming devices that stream a whole lot of the stuff we watch and at the same time i continue to have a cable tv subscription because every time i try to cancel it they make it insane for me to do so you know well we'll charge you five dollars less and make your internet faster if you keep the tv okay <laughs> so uh i don't know we subscribe to I, i'm not even a hulu subscriber which i believe dan is um we're we're a Netflix and Amazon Prime family, and then we leave all the other channel subscription stuff for other people. It's it's a mess. I don't know. I find it super annoying. I feel like I've said this a million times. TV costs money, and the, the, they're going to get money from you one way or another. So the, the fantasy of cord cutting, which is, well, what I'm going to be able to do is cancel my TV and just pay for the stuff that I want to see, and that's going to save me money, and isn't that mm-hmm. great? The reality is, no, no, it's not going to work. You're either going to severely constrain what you're able to watch, or you're going to pay like you paid for a cable subscription, except now it'll all stream. I do think in the long run, this is the transition to IP-based TV, where, you know, the traditional sort of like coaxial cable into a cable box or a cable card will go away eventually, and everything is just going to be an app on some box or other. And maybe that's fine. But what it won't do is prevent the people who make TV stuff from getting your money. Um, it, it, it may be that in the end, if you want to really constrain yourself to a couple of services, you'll be able to save a lot of money. But at the same time, you know, I just got my note from Comcast saying that they've uh, officially turned on the bandwidth cap for my line, uh, my, my cable internet. So, you know, the shift is already beginning to metering your internet access, watching what you do and, and uh, charging you extra if you use a lot of internet. And that will just grow over time as the uh, the pipe providers move from giving you, uh, you know, selling you TV to just selling you more internet. So, you know, the people who want their money are going to get their money in the end. And uh, I don't think that cord cutting is a way to uh, to prevent that, alas. Yeah, I'm not a cord cutter. Um, I subscribe to Netflix and Amazon Prime, but I also have a Time Warner cable subscription that I can't seem to get rid of. Um, and my problem is not that it's super expensive, although it is. It's that I, I still struggle to find things to watch. Like I only want these specific channels and it's easier now with the Apple TV. I can just install the apps and Siri is mildly helpful in find, helping me find the shows and where they're at and what service is streaming them. Um, and like Lex was saying, maybe the Apple TV TV app will make that easier. But I don't like having to pay for this bundle of crap that I don't want. I want to pick the channels that I want in this package. I'm fine with paying the cable company for that, but the fact that they won't let me pick is super frustrating. And I end up not watching hundreds of these channels that I'm paying for. So until that problem is solved, which I don't know, maybe the rumored skinny bundle that Apple was trying to put together, maybe that will happen eventually. But um, the problem is that there's too much stuff and not enough good stuff. Like I, I only want the good part. And because I can't pick that, 
it just makes me really, really frustrated. Yeah, I'm in kind of a weird position where these things are concerned because, as Lex pointed out, I do subscribe to Hulu. And for a while there, I was doing pretty well just with Hulu because, you know, 90% of the stuff I watched was on it. Um, but now people started pulling their stuff from Hulu and, you know, everybody's sort of uh, cordoning off their own little streaming services in various places. And so I, I like the rest of you. I think I have a mishmash of stuff because I've got Amazon and I've got Netflix. I've still got Hulu. I, I also have this really weird little like streaming service through um, through Comcast. Like I have a basically this kind of like live streaming of a bunch of different channels via Comcast, including a cloud based DVR, which I think they piloted in Boston, um, but isn't available in a lot of other places yet. Um, and that's actually a pretty good deal. So if if not least of all because it gives me HBO for about the like you know that's called cost of HBO gets me that and all of the, the Comcast streaming stuff um, I can't imagine that service will remain intact as it is for very long because it seems like a little too good to be true at this point um, but yeah DirecTV I, I agree with Jason's point that I think this is just a transition to the IP based TV system and we're gonna move away from the old traditional cable model um, and and that's fine that'll help with some things because in theory you can have a lot richer content using the sort of app based model but I think unfortunately as you said people are gonna make money off this and as long as they're trying to make money off it you're gonna get screwed somehow that's just the way it goes so <laughs> uh, yeah this is a move towards an inevitable transition but that doesn't necessarily make it like a huge benefit fit to consumers. Thanks for your thoughts on that. We got one more topic coming from Lex. Well, since we've we've brought the room down with talks of politics and annoying subscription television services, um, here's an uplifting question, I hope. Uh, besides the subscription to DirecTV Now, if you had a mysterious benefactor, what one piece of technology would you wish for this holiday season? So if there's one choice piece of tech or a tech service, I guess, that you could get this holiday season, regardless of cost, what would it be? Wow, Lex, this is a great question, and it's really hard to answer. Um, the I'm going to give you my selfish, regardless of cost version, which is I just uh, I just got a call yesterday from the uh, from uh, the car mechanic saying that my uh, my Honda Civic Hybrid needs a new transmission, and it's a ten year old car, and it's going to be five thousand dollars. And so here's my answer: uh, I want my mysterious benefactor to roll a, uh, a Tesla into my driveway. That's what I want, because that's technology, and it's really wow. awesome, and I would like to try it out. And hey, my mysterious benefactor has lots of uh, money to burn, so give me a Tesla, mysterious benefactor. And if you want to make it like those TV commercials, yes, I will accept a giant bow on the top. <laughs> I'm told those can really scratch the, the roof of the car. Just be it's careful. fine, whatever. If the benefactor is made happier by the giant bow, go to town. Okay, um, my choice is definitely not as extravagant as a Tesla, but now I'm thinking that's what I want, too. Okay, I'll stick with my original. Um, so this year, 2017, was going to be the year that I finally bought uh, Sonos speakers for every room in my house and created this whole sound system um, because I entertain a lot and I just would really love like an entire system for my house. But um, now I'm getting married, so all of my money is going to this wedding, and I won't be able to do that. Um, so I would love a benefactor to just come to my house, install all these speakers, and make, make my dreams come true. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to happen for me. Hell, let's make it three Teslas. Um, <laughs> <okay>. No, I, 
No, I, I, I was thinking about this too, and uh, I think the thing that I've had my eye on, which I haven't quite made the uh, uh, a jump for yet, is a uh, a PlayStation Four Pro and a PlayStation VR setup. Just because I, I I've gotten myself intrigued by VR, and I've had a uh, relatively little uh, time to play with it, and the PSVR seems like it's pretty cool, and there's a lot of different options for for games on it. I don't have a PlayStation. There's a few games I want to play on that as well. So I think that's the thing that uh, that is most uh, sort of extravagant. I probably won't buy it because I already have a perfectly good video game console. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's what I would go for. And and now I'm hoping is the part where Lex reveals that he is the mysterious benefactor <laughs> and behind all of our doors <laughs> is exactly what we wish for. When I wrote the question, I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to say I, w- I would want a Tesla. So... <laughs> There are no original answers. Um, I did, in fact, pre-order the Tesla Model 3, um, which they now say probably isn't going to ship until 2018. So I have a long time to wait before I am my own benefactor. Um, But I think if Jason took the Tesla answer, the answer I will instead give is I would love to uh, have my mysterious benefactor uh, universally... Uh, smart homeify my home because right now i have a couple different smart home products from a couple different vendors and most of the things that i actually care about are not smart homeified because most of our lights for example are recessed and they aren't connected to anything smart and i feel like if everything in the house was smart then that would be better than like hey the master bedroom has two lamps that you can control with an app or the echo and you know the there's a camera that looks outside in one direction but not in the other like i don't know if i could have all the things smart that would be exciting to me but happy holidays. I hope you all find a mysterious benefactor. <laughs> right. I, no, I would ask for unlimited mysterious benefactors. I changed, I changed my answer. Very good. All right. Well, that is uh, four topics down. We have just time for our bonus topic. Bonus topic this week brought to you by our pals at Linode. A uh, combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. It's a great solution for your own server infrastructure. You think to yourself, do I need a server infrastructure? It's like, well, if you need a server on the internet, then yeah, that's a server infrastructure. I have an infrastructure. It's a Linode server that serves six colors and the incomparable. And it's uh, and it's great. You can get one up and running in no time. They uh, have plans that start at just $10 a month. And you can choose from your uh, Linux distro, your node location, your resources. You can deploy boot and resize with just a few clicks, all from their super easy-to-use web-based interface. It's incredibly easy to use. Uh, Linode's got more than 400,000 customers, and they're all taken care of by their 24-7 support team. I like to emphasize this because we're in the holidays now. They are open over the holidays. If there's something that's going on and you need help with your Linode server, they're there for you 24-7. Linode's all constantly improving their infrastructure. They keep making changes. I had a a reboot that I did a few months ago that improved the performance of my uh, server because they sort of like packed that in. And the speed of the network that they've got is pretty amazing. It's a 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy. Uh, the data that flows out of my server is uh, at high speed. It's pretty great. So they've got the power you re- require, the infrastructure and assistance that you want. And uh, as a listener to this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise, you will not just be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 toward any Linode plan. And there's a seven day money back guarantee. So there's really nothing to lose. Linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or just use the promo code clockwise20 when you check out. Thank you to Linode for sponsoring the bonus question. Okay, uh, clocks and socks and a fox in a box. I once read a lot of Dr. Seuss when I was a kid. Uh, I'm curious, what were your favorite books or a favorite book or author when you were little? 
Caitlin? Oh my gosh. Okay. I was a voracious reader as a kid because my mom is a reading teacher and so I just grew up with it. So I decided that my favorite books were a toss up between Nancy Drew, um, all, the entire series, and Harriet the Spy. Um, and I was so inspired by these books that I would carry around a little notepad with me everywhere I went and I would write down my observations and I would think of which, which mystery I could try to solve in my own life. Um, and that never happened, but I think that there's still time for me. <laughs> my goal is to solve a mystery. So if anyone needs help, please reach out. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my dream. All right. You've got a notepad. You're ready to go. I'm ready. Uh, like Caitlin, this was a very hard question for me since both of my parents are librarians and as are many other members of my family. Um, so I read a ton of stuff as a kid, but I think the books that were probably the most, uh, sort of central to my childhood growing up were, uh, Either uh, the Little House books by Laura Ingalls Wilder. I read those. Those are like a huge thing with my family. Like that's sort of like a coming of age thing in my family. Also, uh, at a very young age, I started reading all the Sherlock Holmes mysteries. And that has continued to a lifelong love of mysteries and of Sherlock Holmes. So those were probably the two most like series that were most influential growing up for me. Dan, we could solve some mysteries together. Uh, yes. We should open a detective agency. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, I'm on board. Sign me up. My favorite book growing up was The Phantom Tollbooth. Um, nice. And I just finished reading it to my second kid, who I've read it to, so that was fun. Um, I also really liked uh, Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah. And I started reading uh, the humorist Dave Barry at a very young age, and I think that that had a lifelong influence on me. But those were the books that I read as a kid that I remember. Well, for me, I, I already answered this, basically. So what I'm saying is, when Tweedlebeetles fight, it's called a Tweedlebeetle battle, and they battle in a puddle, it's a Tweedlebeetle puddle battle. And when Tweedlebeetles battle in paddles with a puddle, they call it a Tweedlebeetle puddle paddle battle. Just so we're clear. Wow. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of Clockwise, Caitlin McGarry. Thank you so much. You were a last-minute add to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Lex Friedman, we had to plan way, way in advance to get you on, but I'm glad you were still available to make it. Happy to be here. Thank you. All right. And that's it, Dan. We, we made it through another one. I know. Uh, and it seems like uh, the uh, transcontinental divide has not stopped us. Nope. Once again, we've defeated the curvature of the Earth. And all that's left for us to do is remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Clocks and socks, our game is done, sir. Thank you for a lot of fun, sir.